This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Okay, I'm going to start off. I'm going to read a verse. You probably won't be able to find it very quick. They'll put it on the screen. Hosea 4.6. Hosea 4.6. Right after the book of Daniel, I'm going to go ahead and look at it because I always like to look at the Word of God with my own eyes. But Hosea 4.6 And it says this, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people, he didn't say people of the world, people don't know God. God said his people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And in today's time, it's not lack of Google knowledge. (laughs) It's not lack of Facebook knowledge. But it's the same all the time as lack of Bible knowledge what the Bible has to say. And so I praise God that when I got saved, the Holy Spirit led me to sit under good teachers that taught sound Bible doctrine in the area of divine healing and divine health. I praise God that I got to sit under people that taught the Bible and not just their ideas or religious tradition, but taught me what the Bible had to say about healing and health. And so for born-again Christians, one of the biggest reasons they fail to receive healing from God is ignorance of his word on the subject of healing. Ignorance of his word on the subject of healing. And, you know, I think about some of the goofy things I've heard over the years, what people say, you know, about healing when somebody's not getting healed or having a hard time. They say things like, well, you know, God knows what's best. Well, he wrote in the Bible what's best. Some things like lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Call for the elders of the church. Anoint them to fall in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith shall heal the sick. By Jesus' stripes, we were healed. I am the Lord that healeth thee. You know, he knows what's best. He wrote it down as best. But the thing is, Christians have got to get a hold of his best. And in the book of Hebrews, he said, one reason people fail to receive from God is they don't mix faith with the word they hear. Mix faith with the word they hear. And so faith simply is number one. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God, according to Romans ten seventeen. And so if you want faith for healing, then you need to shut off everything else, start reading your Bible on healing, if you want faith for healing. Amen. And then number two, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, one of the initial steps of releasing our faith, he said, you speak to the mountain. He said, you say to the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast to the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart, but shall believe, believe means have faith, that those things which you say shall come to pass, you'll have whatsoever you say it. So you've got, number one, hear the word to get faith, and number two, you've got to speak in the word. Speak what the word of God has to say to release your faith. And then James 1.22 says, but be you doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And that means you do what the Bible says to do, and if you see that you, you open the door for an attack for the enemy because you didn't walk in love with people, then you need to repent. Jesus said you got to forgive. You want to be forgiven. Lots of things said to do. You might see that he said, bring the tithe into the storehouse so I can rebuke the devourer for you. So you have to make some decision. You're going to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. What God shows you to do, you do. Amen? And so you mix faith. I want to say that again. You mix faith with the words you hear. You've got to do something about what you're hearing if you want to have what God says you can have. But he said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And so, after you receive revelation of the word of God concerning healing and health, you must live right, exercise faith in God's word to walk in divine health and receive healing. I'm going to say if, not when. To receive healing if you need it, not when you need it. Because it's God, it's God's intent, and we'll look at verses on it. It's God's intent for His people to stay well. But if you get sick, it's God's intent for you to receive healing quickly. Amen. And you know, let me let me tell you, I I say this all the time, but a lot of people don't understand this. But I've been teaching this for 39 years, been walking in it, living it, helping lots of people in life. The Bible teaches. Divine health and divine healing. Divine health is you walk close with God 
and you stay well. Divine healing is if something gets on you, it may be if something terminal gets on you, God will heal it and he'll change the terminal to health. Amen. If something else gets on you, that's not terminal but it's chronic. And you know, I'll give you an example like diabetes. You know, people can cope with diabetes, live with diabetes, take medicine, lots of other things, but they never really get well, let's just start eating right, do some things, then you know they can get some improvement. But things things that are chronic that they say, Well, there's no cure, it won't kill you, you live a long time, you have to put up with it. Well, God will heal that. And so whatever it is, whether it's major or minor, divine healing is God will heal you, and then if it's something that's going to hang on, he'll speed up the healing process and get you out of it. Amen? So divine healing, divine health, that is the will of God. And so we need to be doers of the word and not hearers only. I want you to go to Romans chapter 12. We're going to look at verse 1 and verse 2. And I really hope you're taking notes and writing these scriptures down. You know, I think about Pastor Dave, things he's writing today. I'll tell you what, he he had one passage there that I hadn't seen. I put a marker in my Bible that I'm going to be reading on it. I'm going to be studying it out because I like to learn what the Word of God says. I've been a teacher for a lot of years, pastor for a lot of years, but I'm still a student. Did you know a disciple means a student? If you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, you're a student of Jesus Christ. If you're a student of Jesus, that means you still want to learn from Jesus every day that you can. You want to learn, you want to grow, you want to know more. And you know, I'll say this, the day that you know it all, that's the day you're out of here. Amen. Nobody knows it all but God. And you got to every day have that attitude you want to learn. But Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and verse 2 says this. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I'm going to be majoring on verse 2, but I want to point out some things that verse right there. And uh, casual readers of the Word of God miss out what God said. He said, you present your bodies. Most Christians think their body is the real them. Your body is simply the suit you need to wear while on earth. Amen. How many know what an astronaut is? When an astronaut goes up into outer space, you see the suit they're in up there because they have to be in that suit to protect them so they can breathe, so they can function in space. That's just the suit they're in. And how many know that when somebody dies and you see them lay there in a casket, that's not them. You know that was the house they lived in. That was the suit they lived in. That wasn't the real them. They came out of that so they could go to heaven. Well, he says, you present your bodies. When you got born again, your spirit that lives on the inside got born again. And so then Jesus, he moved into you, but he moved into your spirit. The Holy Spirit's in your spirit. Your spirit is a new man, a new woman in Christ. And so he spoke to the spirit. He said, you make your body do what it's supposed to. You present your body. You know, I think about a Marine such as Austin. Soldiers such as Joseph. I think about these guys. You guys ever have to present yourself? <laughs> what do you do? You know, I know what you do. No matter how long you've been up or what they made you do the day before, they say present yourself. You drag yourself, you push yourself, you move yourself. I think about when my son was in basic trade, the Marines, man, all those telephone poles he tell me he had to carry. Jump up in the middle of the night, man. Except for no reason, Dad is raining outside. We had to jump up in our underwear, run out and grab a telephone pole. And go grab these telephone poles. You think they wanted to do that? They didn't want to do that. They wanted to be a Marine. But then some of them found out after they got in there, they didn't want to be it that bad. But they, but they did. Well, if you're going to be a Christian... And God says, present yourself. That means you make your body do what it should, not what it wants to. And I'll give you an example. Lots of things we can say about us say this. I found out a long time ago when I was a baby Christian. I knew if I was going to grow, I needed to go to church every Sunday morning. And so I found out to go to church Sunday morning, I had to go to bed early Saturday night. If I stayed up with the other guys till 2 or 3 o'clock Saturday morning, that I probably wouldn't be here today. I'd be like a lot of Christians that chose the losing life instead of winning. I'd have quit going to church because I stayed up too late. So I told my body on Saturday night, I said, Body, you're going to shut it off. 
you're going to go to bed and hang around with other Christians on a Saturday night, just fellowship around the Lord. Well, the ones that chose to go home and get some rest were in church the next day, it grew. The ones that chose just to have fellowship, not sit under a pastor of the Word of God, they most of them end up backsliding. And so you got to tell your body, here's what you're going to do. And your body says, no, I want to eat five of those lobsters. You say, nobody. <laughs> or whatever it is. Can, can, I, can I just throw one out here? Say, bad or OB. You're not going to find the word pick it out in the Bible. <laughs> you know, we all do that sometimes. But in that area of the body thing, you got to treat your body right and do things. So he says, you present your body. And then verse 2, this is what we want to look at. And be not conformed to this world. He stepped into the soulish realm now, your mind, will, and emotions. Be not conformed to this world. Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove was that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How many know that the Bible is the will of God? He said, you've got to renew your mind to think like the Bible thinks. So the first step out of ignorance concerning divine healing and health is to shut off all the negative talk and doom and gloom about sickness and disease and what's going around and what you might catch or get. Start changing how you think about healing and health to agree God's Word. I want to tell you something. I heard Kenneth Copeland say this probably I'd say probably about 37, 38 years ago. I heard him say a statement that's always stuck with me. As Christians, we need to not think, I'm the sick trying to get healed, but I'm the healed and Satan trying to steal my healing. I'm not, I'm not the sick trying to get healed. I am the healed. And Satan's trying to steal my healing. See, that's been not conformed to this world. The world thinks, well, it's going around, so we'll get it. Well, that's how they think. I'm thinking, man, there's healing going around, so I'll get it. I'm thinking, by Jesus' stripes I was, so I am. Amen. we got to think healing and health. We want healing and health. You know, there's so many stories I can tell you about raising our kids, the sickness we didn't have, the mumps and the measles and all the stuff we didn't have in our house. You know, where in the Bible does it say you have to have childhood diseases? And, you know, if you're, if you're a pretty carnal Christian, you hear that, you're just sitting there right now keeping a straight face thinking, you were taught by the world you have to have childhood diseases in your family. You don't have to have childhood diseases. We never had them. You don't have to have them. The Bible says, Matthew eight seventeen, He took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Galatians three thirteen says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Deuteronomy twenty eight sixty one says, Every sickness and every disease is a curse. Christ redeemed us. Jesus told us in Mark eleven twenty three, We'll have whatsoever we saith. So we need to hook up with the Word of God. And you know, when I'm saying these things, people sometimes take things out of context, take it to an extreme. You didn't hear me say one time, don't take medicine, don't go to the doctor. Doctors of medicine are God's mercy. Doctors and people in medical science, they've given their lives to studying things in the physical world to help people to live long. And I praise God for doctors of medicine because a lot of us, they've helped us stay alive through bad things till we can get a hold of the Word. And so, always, 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 if you've got something you've got to go to the doctor for, you go to the doctor. But you go to the doctor, take some God's medicine with you. Take something with you to read with the Word of God and sit there and mix faith with the treatment you're receiving. And there'll come a point in time, like my... Uh, what are they, well, they, I don't know what they call those guys. What was that one called? Oncologist kid? Is that what I had? Is that what she is? Well, the oncologist will say, there's no cancer in your blood. You don't have cancer. There's no more cancer. And there's times when the heart doctor will say, Mr. Samples, you have no heart damage. You can go swimming now. And I say, I can swim now? Why? I couldn't before. 
<laughs> That's what he told me. And so I'm saying, what happens when you mix faith with the words you hear, the treatments you're going through, there comes a point in time when that physical thing will change to agree with the Word of God, and then the doctors through their tests, through their microscopes, through their computers, and all those whirly, whirly machines. Man, I saw a bunch of them last year. I thought I was in Star Wars or something. Man, those things spin around and lights flash. But the thing was, there come a point in time when the doctors agreed with Jesus of the Word of God. And they said, they didn't say, by his stripes you were healed. They said, Mr. Samples, it's all gone, and you're well, and you're healthy, and you got it back. Amen. But it's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. My thinking was already changed before I went through those things. My thinking was already changed. I knew what God's standard was. I knew what God's best was. And I kept my eyes on what God had to say. Amen. Was it easy? i got to say one thing, man. I don't know what it was, but it wasn't easy. But my spirit man, my spirit man was in control of what went on while that outward man and my mind was under attack with all the stuff going on. My spirit man stayed strong and healthy because through the whole thing, I listened to preaching and teaching on healing and health. And I think about what I did on Sunday mornings. On Sunday mornings, I was too out of it to come to church and then sometimes couldn't come to church because of treatment. You know what I did? My pastor in Michigan, church service is streamed live, 10.30 their time, 7.30 California. At 7.30, I was in his church service right here in California. And then at 10 o'clock, when churches in California go on, we don't stream yet, but my pastor friends that do, I was in their church services on Sunday morning. I stayed hooked up. I wasn't sitting there watching some goofy as the world spins stuff. I was listening to the Word of God, watching the Word of God. I had it on my table beside my bed every night, listening to people preaching, teaching to me, talking to me, and my head had a very rough time doing anything, but my spirit man was listening. Jesus said, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. My spiritual ears were listening. Amen. Amen. So anyway, uh, you got to change your thinking to think in line with God's Word. If God's Word, in 1 Peter 2.24, says, By His stripes ye were healed, you got to get your thinking. I was already healed. Now what do I have to do to walk in it? What do I have to do to see it working in my life? Because that's what we want to talk about tonight. You've got to change how you think about healing and health to agree with God's Word. Now turn to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22, and I want to show you uh, how this process works. Proverbs 4, verse 20 through 22. Proverbs 4, verse 20 says this, My son or my daughter, attend to my words. Incline thine ear, or open thine ear unto my sayings or to my words. Let them not depart, the word of God, not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? For they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. Health, that means healing to all their flesh. And the Hebrew actually says medicine. That's where Brother Hagin got that title of that book, God's Medicine. Medicine to all your flesh. That means medicine to all your physical body. Your organs on the inside, your skin on the outside. Anything has anything to do with the earth suit you live in. He said that when you get God's word working in your heart, in your thinking, that's a constant part of your life, says it will bring healing and medicine to all your flesh. And so I want you to notice in verse 20, attend to my words. The first thing to do, if you want, now listen, I just, I just, I just say this. If you don't want to be sick, if you truly want to be a person that lives well, he says, attend to my words. And let me tell you something I learned years and years and years ago. If I'm going to have a meeting with an important person like my banker or a lawyer or somebody, and I've made an appointment with them, well, if they're sitting there for all their expertise at 10 o'clock in the morning, and I've got an appointment at 10 o'clock in the morning, and I'm on the way to that guy's office or that woman's office, for something that I really need help with, money, 
legal advice or something like that, has an appointment there, and I'm on the way to a meeting, and you call me on the telephone and say, hey, man, I just want to catch up with you. How you doing? What's happening, bro? And, you know, we're going to have a little conversation, or you have to run into me on the way there and say, hey, hey, let's stop for a bit, man. Let's stop at Starbucks. Let's have some coffee. Let's, let's catch up. Well, that's an important meeting I'm going to. You know, I'd say, you know what? I'm not trying to slight you, but I got, I got to attend to something. I got to attend to this business, and, and I've I, I really got to be there. So listen, let's take a rain check, and we'll fellowship in the future. And I don't want you to get offended. I'm not just, I'm not trying to put you off, but I've got to attend to this business. Well, you know what I learned a long time ago? When I was having my Bible time, sitting at home, and somebody would call me or text me, what to hook up? I say, sorry, I can't right now. I've got an appointment. My appointment was with Jesus, with the Word of God. I found out a long time ago that if my victory came from the Word of God, I couldn't let good fellowship or something else distract me from where my help was coming from. And so I learned lots and lots and lots of times, over and over again, if I'm going to offend somebody, I'd rather be a human being than Jesus. You know, I can have good fellowship with people, but people can't heal me. People can't give me the advice that Jesus can. People can't give me faith. And so I'm telling you something really important right now. Catch what I'm saying. This passage here says those that find the word of God will have healing and health, medicine and all their flesh. The number one step is you got to attend some time in the word of God. And then also you look at that word attend. The word attention comes from that. You're going to pay attention. And in modern times, something you have to watch out for in a service like this in a modern church where people have their phones, you might have it on a Bible app. What happens if it vibrates because somebody sent you a goofy text? What happens if it vibrates as some stupid email from some, some solicitor about sex? I can't believe it. We got a special church app. We do all the reports and everything on it. And I don't even look at spam stuff. I have to race that stuff off there every day. All these girls and stuff said stupid stuff on our church app. I don't know where that come from, how they got it. I, I, I don't look at one of them. All I ever do on that thing, when it, my phone looked at our report, spam popped up there. I just go like that. Delete. Just delete all. Like that. And so I'm saying this. What are you doing if you're sitting in a church service Good intentions, Bible app, and all of a sudden it vibrates. And right about that time, the Holy Spirit, through the speaker, hit a passage that you needed to hear for your health. And right about that time, you wasn't attending to the Word, you were attending to goofy iPhone stuff. And then the service is over with. Had you leave there, how you came there, or maybe even worse, because while you was reading that, and you missed what God had, you got offended because you thought you didn't get anything. So you might have left worse. And so I'm telling you this, you have to be really serious about what you do with the Word of God. When I, when I was a young Christian, I heard somebody say something one time, and it always stuck with me, it helped me. If I'm sitting at home, and you have to be watching Christian television or something else, and somebody's teaching the Bible, you know what I do? I got my Bible out. I got my notebook out. I act like I'm in church. Because when the Bible's being taught, that's the same thing as Jesus speaking to you. And so what difference does it make if you're sitting there at a church service and Jesus is talking, or you're watching him on TV through a preacher that you want to get something from as Jesus is talking? That's not the time you get popcorn and Pepsi and try to wait for a commercial. That's not the time you do everything else. You're better off not to even have it on because you're slighting Jesus. Somebody said, Pastor, that's pretty serious. Well, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, John chapter 1. And the Word was made flesh and lived among us. Jesus is the Word, and we need, as a people of God, to develop a reverence for the Word of God. We need to develop a, 
and you know, when we talk about the fear of God, we know what it's talking about. It's talking about respect and honor and reverence and not afraid of God, but a reverence for God that somebody's sharing the Word of God. We need to pay attention to what they're sharing. That's attended to God's Word. And so for this passage to work for you, you got to pay attention and open your ears. And I want you to notice verse, verse 21. I'm going to make a statement about this in verse 21. It says, let the word from your eyes. Keep it in the midst of your heart. And so listen, I'm going to make a statement. The Lord gave this to me a while ago and I wrote it down. I want you to listen to this. If you're a Christian that has been serious with the word, the word's worked in your life before, and you've been successfully walking in divine health, or you've always received healing fairly quickly when you needed it, if you begin to fear, now listen to this, this is a word from God for somebody, if you begin to fear a symptom or a diagnosis, that means healing scriptures had departed from before your eyes. He said, let them not depart from before your eyes. And so if you're a person that's walked with God close enough in His Word that you knew how to receive healing, you've walked in divine health, and all of a sudden you got a symptom and you start getting afraid, or you went to the doctor, you've got a diagnosis and fear's trying to overtake you, then according to these verses, the Word has begun to depart from before your eyes. What does that mean to do? That means you get serious about the Word again. That means you open your Bible again. And if you bought healing books and things of Bible teachers that teach divine healing really well, you need to get those books out again. And you know what I do? I've got, man, I've got books that I've had for years and years and years and years. I put yellow and red and stars and stuff through my passage that really ministered to me. I go back again to those books. And instead of reading the whole thing, every word again, I go back to my passages that have verses that have stars by them. And I study those again. You know, you, the Bible talks about rejoicing. That means you, you uh, like you reheat, you reheat food. You want to enjoy that food again, you got to heat it up again. Or if you rejoice, you got to heat it up again. I go back and I rejoice again. I reheat my faith in the Word of God again. I go back and get those things. And what am I doing? I'm letting it not depart from before my eyes. One more time, I want to say that. If you're having fear and you've walked this, see, if you're a new Christian or you're a Christian that hasn't really heard this kind of stuff before, it's understandable that you'd get all shook up about something until you learn some things. But if you're a person that's known these things and you're getting afraid again about things, the Word of God has lost its value to you. You need to get back in there. Let them not depart from before thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For it's healing and medicine. Healing and medicine to all your flesh. And, you know, I want, I want to say this too. Uh, man, do I know what prescriptions are? I didn't know what they were till last year. I mean, I knew what they were, but I never had them. Man, all of a sudden, these doctors popping pills on me and prescriptions on me and things like that. They all got all these brown bottles and stuff like that and Oh, boy, all these different things like that. But think about this. If you went to a doctor and the doctor said, I'm going to prescribe this for you, you begin to take this, and you're going to feel better. Things are going to change. It's going to get it under control, and your life's going to be a high quality of life. And so you go down to the drugstore, you get that prescription filled, and you take it home, and you set it beside your bed. Or put it on your cabinet, wherever you keep your stuff, and you forget about it. And so, you're not getting better, you're staying the same or getting worse. And it's actually made you think, i got to get to see my doctor now. And so you go back a month later, and you go to see the doctor, and the doctor checks you all out and looks at you and says, I really don't understand this. And the doctor says, did you get that prescription filled I gave you? You say, yes, I Got that prescription filled. Huh. Did you take it home? Yeah, I took that medicine home. Then the doctor says, this works every time. He says, this stuff here is 100% good. It always works. And then the doctor says, well, what would you do with it? Well, I got to sit beside my bed. 
Well, did you take it? No. I didn't take any yet. And the doctor said, no wonder you're not doing better. You didn't take your medicine as prescribed. I tell you something right now. The Bible says this is God's medicine. It says you take it. So if you don't take it as prescribed, then it's not medicine at all your flesh. If you're not to pay attention to the Word of God, you know, you're sitting in a service like this. You're not taking any notes. You're not writing the verses down. You're not seeing where they're at. And then you're going home. And then you come back next week and somebody's giving a testimony. Oh, woo! I got healed. This is what the Word of God did for me. And then somebody else giving a testimony. I had this and it's gone. The doctor said it's gone. And you're sitting there thinking, I sure wish I could have that. It doesn't come by wishing. It comes by obeying. It comes by doing. God said His Word is medicine to those that find it. His Word is medicine to those that take it. Are you getting what I'm saying? It only works if you obey the directions. You pay attention to it. You get it in your heart. You get it in your thinking. You change your thinking not to think like the world thinks. I think about with my son David that got leukemia in his little boy. The doctor said 80-20. 80% die, 20% live. Well, 80% of the people were full of fear. We said, duh, he's one of the 20. If they would have said 99% die, we said, well, 1% lives, he's the one. That's because our thinking, our thinking thinks like God thinks. God says his word is medicine to all of our flesh. I want you to look at James chapter 1, verse 22. I've quoted this a little bit, but I want you to see this before I show you how to take the medicine. How many want to know how to take the medicine? Amen. You know, I think about uh, I think about all the, all the medicine bottles. I boy, oh boy, oh man, what an experience that was! I think about those medicine bottles, how they were. Some of those medicines said take with food. Some of those medicines said you don't have to take with food. One medicine said. Take it bedtime. The pharmacist, the head nurse, and the doctor all told me, this is very important. You take this at bedtime. Take this at bedtime. I don't know what they had to do with me. They would take it at bedtime. Then another one said, take this at morning with food at breakfast. Take this one at morning with food at breakfast. And so we had to follow the directions. Couldn't mix them up and do it in a way other than what they said. We had to do what they said to do so the best to do and you know what? I didn't question any of those guys. I said, well, why do I have to take this at nighttime? Why do I have to take this with food? Why do I don't take this without food? Et cetera, et cetera. All I trusted was I submitted myself to these guys. They studied for this. They're the experts at this. I'm the one that needs the help, so I'm just going to do what they said to do and not question it. And so what I've said about the Bible, why don't we treat the Word of God that way? If God says, do this, and my medicine is going to work in your physical body, I'm going to do it. Okay, James 1.22. James 1.22 says this. But be you doers of the word and not hearers only. How many are hearing tonight? So that you're qualified for that part. You're a hearer. But then he says, be a doer. Obey what you hear. Because if you don't, you're deceiving your own self. And so I want to make this statement about this verse. I'd like to say it this way. It's not what you hear and know. It's what you know and do that gets results. One more time, I'm going to say that. Because I'll tell you what, there's some people who quote the Bible inside and out, forwards and backwards, upside down, right side up, and everything they can tell you about the Bible, but if they don't do it, it doesn't benefit them. You know, it's just like that medicine. You have all the prescriptions in the world, all the directions on how to take them like that, but if you don't take them, you don't get any results. And so it's not what you hear and know, it's what you know and what you do that gets results. If you don't do it, you don't get the results. Think about this. Romans 10:13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How many people do you think in the eons of time since Christ died and was raised from the dead, how many people have heard that call upon the name of Jesus and you'll be saved? 
but they heard it, but they never did it. It was there all the time. They never received eternal life, and multitudes and multitudes have died that went into hell forever and ever because they didn't do what the Bible said to do. They heard it, and they'd probably preach it, but they didn't do it. And so I'm going to read some verses and be doers of the word and not hearers only. And so if, if, if out tonight, if just one thing jumps off at you, then just put everything else on the shelf and obey that one thing. If just one thing you see tonight that you needed to see that on the inside of you said, that's for me, I need that, that bears witness my spirit, then obey it. And so as we look at James 1.22 to be doers, I want to say this. For my 39 years of Christianity, I've had the habit of starting in Exodus and going through the New Testament and reading every healing passage that I know out loud. And I do know a lot of healing passages. I know a lot of healing verses and out loud. Why? Because I love to take God's medicine in advance of an attack. I love to be pre-inoculated. Amen. I love, I love to get my flu shot from the Word of God. I love to get my vaccinations from the Word of God. I'm not coming against flu shots or vaccinations, but I'd rather do first things first. The spiritual always determines the natural, good or bad. And so I'm going to do the spiritual, and I'm going to do the natural as I need to, because I love to take God's medicine in advance of an attack to keep my body inoculated and build up my faith and healing in my spirit so it can minister to my body. And so I always start off the book of Exodus, and what am I doing? I'm showing you how I, in my private time, study the Word of God, take God's medicine, because he said his word is his medicine. Here's how I take my medicine. Turn to Exodus 15, verse 26. I've done this all my Christian life, and I still do this nearly every day. At the very least, I do this several times a week, no matter where I'm at. I'll start off in the book of Exodus, and uh, I think about Psalms 1. Psalms 1 teaches to meditate the Word of God means you ponder by speaking the Word to yourself. You speak it out loud. The Hebrew denotes an active recitation, a re-speaking of God's Word. So I always read the Bible out loud. I always do. I mean, if I'm with people, I can't. I can read it quietly under my breath. Why is that? Well, the Bible says that's what meditation means to do, is to read it out loud. So I do that. Think about this. Number one, Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing. I'm hearing the Word of God myself again. I'm recirculating. The Word of God is coming in again. Then number two, did you ever notice that when you're reading something quietly, other thoughts start coming, you think about other things, you get distracted. Well, if you're reading out loud, you're focused and you're kind of over, overriding that part of the system where your brain has to think about what you're saying as you're reading it. You're saying it. it kind of drowns out those distractive thoughts that kind of try to quench the Word. Amen. And so I go through the Word of God and I begin to read this. And listen, he said that those that find it, keeping the mystery of your heart, is the ones that receive the healing. And so it says this, and said, If thou art you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. Well, the number one main thing he's talking about here is hearing what the Word of God has to say, but also you have the Holy Spirit in you. And you know, it may be, it may be, well, I'll give you a real good example. Several years ago, I began to have a problem, and the doctor didn't have to diagnose it. The Holy Ghost diagnosed it for me. It was called gout. Did everybody go to a doctor about that? Because I got healed by Jesus from it. But I had a part to play. I began, my, 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 my knees began to really, 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 joints got all puffed up and bad. I couldn't hardly walk. And I, I, I just stabbed the Word of God and wasn't getting relief. Well, the Lord showed me how I brought it on myself. I just really got a craving for orange juice. Man, I started drinking lots of orange juice. Really overdosing on orange juice, drinking two or three big glasses a day every morning time. And then we check, we, we just Google find out what's going off this thing here. Found out it's got an acid in it that'll get in your system, mess up your joints. And so I listened to that voice in me, said, 
you brought this on. Quit doing that. That's why I quit abusing my body. Orange juice is good, but like anything else, if you put too much of anything in your body, it'll mess you up. And you know, be people people with diabetes. I mean, I don't know very many people that I know of that have diabetes that the doctors haven't told them, lose weight, quit doing this. But then the Holy Spirit will tell you the same thing to your heart. You know, quit doing this, present your body, et cetera, et cetera. How about, how about, how about the lung cancer emphysema people? Puffing and puffing and puffing and puffing. Man, I've known so many people over the years that have had those serious diagnoses. You know, uh, people that don't even smoke sometimes get stuff. I'm just saying, if you know you've been diagnosed with a lung disease or something going on, it's time to quit smoking. You know, kind of hard for God to heal you if you're violating physical laws concerning your healing and health. Amen? And so anyway, he says, you'll hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. Two ways he talks to you. Number one, the word. But number two, to your heart by the Holy Spirit. It says, and look at this. We're talking about God's best for healing and health. And we'll do that which is right in his sight. We'll do that which is right in his sight. And you know something that uh, we're, we're praying about for our church and praying about for the body of Christ at large, that people will begin to walk in the fear of the Lord again. Walk in the fear of God. When I got saved, when I got saved, the world walked more holy than a lot of the church does now. Christians have let the sins of the world come into their lives and there's no conviction. God said, do that which is right in his sight. We were praying in our prayer group tonight. I, I prayed, I said, Lord, let every Christian that's in our influence, if they're watching those things on TV, where their family look for something to watch, if it says R, they stop right there and go no further. They say, we can't watch that. They come to T, TV, whether they call it PG-14 or TG-14 or something, the 14s, whatever it is. And they see that, they automatically know this is going to be something that's not right in God's sight. So we can't do this. And Christians begin to make adjustments in what they see and what they do. What am I doing right now? You know, we're talking about God's medicine. This might be a bitter pill. Start doing what's right in His sight. The thing about it is, if He'll never leave you nor forsake you, He's with you always, even to the end of the world, that all that happens when you cross the line and start violating what you what you know is right. Some things, God has mercy if you don't know it yet. But once you know and you cross that line, it's like you tie Jesus' hands behind his back and he can't help you because he doesn't violate his word. God says over and over again, I can't bless sin. And whatsoever is not right, it's sin. And so we need ourselves to make some choices. God said, do that what's right in my sight. Well, God, I know 50,000 other Christians. They're doing it. But then God would say to you, but what's my Bible say? If the whole world says, as a matter of fact, Jesus put it this way. He said, wide's the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that find it. It says, narrow's the way that leads to life. It said, few walk that road. And so we have to choose ourselves that people that violate God's word, even if they got the name of preacher or Christian or Christian singer, Christian rapper, Christian whatever they are, if they, if they live it wrong and do it wrong, don't follow them. Follow after what God says. Follow people that you know is walking right. Because God's, he's getting ready to tell you something right here about his medicine. You know, this is like taking the medicine in the morning time or taking it at night time, taking it with food. Here's how you take your medicine. Do that right in God's sight. Take your medicine by living right. Give ear to his commandments, keep all his statutes, and then I'll put none of these diseases upon thee which I brought upon the Egyptians. Look at this. For I am the Lord that killeth thee. That's the religious translation. Jesus said the thief comes to kill, to steal, destroy 
He says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Jehovah Rapha is the Hebrew for this. I am the Lord that healeth thee. And we as Christians, if we're going to not be conformed to this world, we've got to start quoting things like Exodus 15, 26. God said, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. We've got, to be, we've got to get that in our hearts, in our thinking, in our mind, in our confession, that he's my Lord that healeth me. He's my Lord that healeth me. Exodus 15, 26. I'm the Lord that healeth thee. Go to chapter 23. This is how I take my medicine. I start in chapter 15. I go to chapter 23. Verse 25 and 26, chapter 23, verse 25 and 26. And he said this. And you shall serve the Lord your God. That's the more medicine. That's like saying, you shall take this in the morning time with food. Well, for this medicine here, it says, serve the Lord your God. How do you serve the Lord your God? Whatever it is, he has you to be doing. And you know, there's a good chance it'll be doing something in your church. But at the same time, I think about Indiana. I had this college professor who went to my church. She wasn't just a college professor. She was one of the PhDs, PhDD, TTT, DDD, DDT, TTDD. She had all the PDDs and all the DTPs and all those things. And what her job was, she was a, a long, long-term professor at Indiana University and she refined doctors from around the world. Doctors come from all over the world back to Indiana University. And Dr. Ellis taught them, took them up another level in their doctors. She was a super-duper doctor. She influenced people from Muslim countries, from countries everywhere. People came in to Indiana University. That was her job. And she was also raising her nephews because her mother was in prison. She's raising nephews. And coming to church, we'd have work days. If all the stuff she was doing, she'd say, oh, I just feel so bad. I want to do something. I just, oh, if I just had time. And I told her, I said, Nancy, I said, you've got a calling like nobody I've ever known in my life. You're an on-fire Christian. You love Jesus. You love the Word of God. And you're down there, and God is sending these people to you from all these different religions. All these other religions around the world, these doctors and people come to there. She'd reply to them and said, Nancy, I said, you're a you're a good tither. I said, the money you make and the tithe you put in really helps the church. I said, so you just keep on putting your tithe in. Let me fill you up with the Word of God. And you go back down there. You keep on doing what you do with those people. It influences them for Christ and the things you're doing. You're serving God. Amen. And so I want to say that. Serving God isn't always working inside the four walls. Most of the time it is. But a lot of times... Some of you have things in your life that you're a lot of other people you need to come in and get fed and not get worn out by being here so you get back there and take out what you're getting. Amen? And so this is how you take this medicine. You serve God in whatever He's gifted and called you to do. And then it says, and then He'll bless thy bread and thy water. That means God will put His blessing on your food and on your drink. Remember Jesus said, if you drink any deadly thing, it'll not harm you. Well, if something slips into your food, your water, something goes on. God said, I'm going to bless it. You remember when Moses, when he's leading the children of Israel, he made the bitter water sweet? God will sanctify your food. You don't intentionally tip the Lord your God by eating something. You know it's got an expiration date of uh, 2015. And think, man, I'm going to eat this in faith. Well, when you're living in the United States of America, they've got a good supply, you don't have to eat that in faith. You can throw that away and go buy some fresh. But if something slips in, God said, I'll bless it because you're serving me. And that's medicine to your flesh. It said, and I will, I will put sickness right on you. What's he say? I'll take sickness away from the midst of thee. Now, here's for you mamas. Number one, make sure you're married. Amen. That's the best way to be married. But anyway, he says, there nothing shall cast their young nor be barren in thy land. What God is saying is he wants his people to be able to have babies. And so barren means there's something going on there that he's healing your womb, that God will heal your womb. And then there be no miscarriages. He said, nothing shall be barren in thy land, 
No miscarriages. No Castor Young. God wants you, as you serve Him, to be able to be fruitful and multiply. This is the Word of God. God said it. And so if something's been wrong in your reproductive system, God said, I'll take it away. And I'll make sure you have those babies. Amen? And you need to take that medicine, grab a hold of that medicine. And I'll say this, I know there's been people have had some really bad, serious times in life. It doesn't change the Word of God. God's Word of God, God's Word will change your system. God's Word will change your body. He said, I'll take that sickness away. He said, you won't have any more miscarriages. He said, you won't have any barren wounds. He said, you'll have babies. That's God's Word. We either take it or we reject it. That's God's Word. And so anyway, he said, and the number of thy days I will fulfill. God wants you to live long and live strong. And so I begin through the Word of God like that. I started the book of Exodus, worked my way through. I'm going to give you some verses. Just write these down. I'm going to shut it down because we're running out of time and you got to get home so you can go honor Martin Luther King tomorrow. Amen. He was a man of God, wasn't he? Amen. And so anyway, Psalms 103, verses 1 through 5. That is some awesomely good pills. Psalms 103, verse 1 through 5 is some good gospels. Amen. Hebrews 8, 6 and Hebrews 13, 8. Hebrews 8, 6. Hebrews 13, 8. One of my favorites, 1 Peter 2, 24, is a whole lot like Exodus 15, 26. 1 Peter 2, 24. And to me, one of the easiest ways to get a healing is Mark 16. Verse 17 and 18. Mark 16, verse 17 and 18. Jesus said, These signs shall follow them that believe. He said, In his name, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Jesus said that. Amen. So, anyway, I hope, and my prayer is that you got something out of this tonight that something got into your heart to help you. And if you need healing, you got a hold of something tonight. And if you know somebody else that needs healing, Take this to them and show them and pray for them out of the Bible because the Word of God works when you work the Word. So Jesus doesn't want you sick, but if you get sick, He's not mad at you. He just wants you well. He wants to get you healed. Amen. Well, let's stand up give the Lord praise. This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org.